We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to a special episode of Outside the Trenches presented by our friends at Holiday Distillery and their Five Farms Irish Cream. Little coffee, little hot chocolate with your Five Farms, especially in this weather. It's a beautiful combo, kind of like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes to pretty much anybody uh, right now. But today's show has got a special guest and someone uh, who knows both those guys pretty well. And we're going to talk about that and plenty more. Uh, and maybe this we will show a little highlight video and uh, maybe this will help remind you about who our special guest is coming up right after this. He's got one block now, two cuts left, five touchdown! It's his first National Football League touchdown! Now he shovels it for the end zone, Sherman's got it! And the Sausage finds the end zone! Old school football! Give it to Sherman and let the bowling ball hit all the pins! The Browns 12, Smith. Looking for Anthony Sherman. Is this going to be his first touchdown since the Giants? Yes. 12 yards out. Chiefs lead 13-0. The first career touchdown for Sherman. Well, the Colts defense dug in earlier. When Kansas City got up close. Look at the shovel pass there to Anthony Sherman. That lasted just over a minute. First and 10. Smith off of his back foot. Finds the tight end, it's Sherman, make it the fullback, Sherman's still going! Bill goes, he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Lined up at fullback, it's just a fullback screen, look, he comes out. They're going to have him around the way, right there. Look like they had him, he was able to slip away out of the arm. P.O. run, pass option here. The give is to Sherman, stuffed on the initial attempt in the second. That's all that matters, Mahomes. Has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, Anthony Sherman! Backfield. Mahomes underneath shovel to Anthony Sherman, the fullback for the touchdown, Kansas City. All right, let's welcome on former Chiefs fullback, 10-year NFL veteran, eight of those years with the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion, all-pro, Pro Bowl fullback, Anthony Sherman. Sherman, what's going on, man? 
What's going on, BJ? How I'm doing? doing well. It's been a couple of months, uh, maybe a month, uh, since since our the flag football season ended. Didn't talk about it a ton uh, on the network here, but uh, you were my son's flag football coach uh, for his first ever season playing football. And man, uh, whether it was the combination of just the team and how good they are, we'll get into all that. But whatever you guys did out there, uh, he is absolutely obsessed with football now all he wants to do is play catch all he wants to do is play madden he wants to go out and kick now punting is his new favorite thing you guys have absolutely got him to fall in love with football no i mean that's that's what you want to do as a coach you know you want to have these kids that first year fall in love with something especially like i did when i started playing is just fall in love with football and, and when you when you coach carter it, it is it's special because he is he's such a intent listener that mm-hmm. you could tell him very, very small things that most kids don't pay attention to. And I know, you know, we talked about it before or after the first practice, he went home and made you go to the store and buy all that stuff. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. dad, I need to get better. And like, that's, that's the type of kids that we want. You know, I want to coach is the kids that want to get better that, you know, take the time to listen, watch the game, whatever it is. Um, try to be, you know, be their best out there. Yeah, it after that first practice, it was definitely, uh, you know, these kids have played together for a long time. It's going to take a little bit. And it was the first time and you and I talked about this. It was the first time that Carter had been around kids that were so much better uh, and so much further along in a sport. I mean, he's only seven years old. I mean, for people listening, he's seven years old. So they're very early, very just getting into sport. If you you saw a picture of him, you wouldn't know he was seven. (laughs) He's a big boy. He's he's he is put together. He's, he's been the biggest be, kid. He's going to be your all pro <laughs> offense or defensive lineman at some point in his career. I, the first practice we had, so he's been the biggest kid on every, you know, his basketball team, his baseball team, his soccer team. He's the foot taller than everybody. But the first practice that we went out to with your guys, I looked at uh, Kyle's dad and I was like, is this a team full of nine year olds or is this a team full of monsters? Because Carter's normally the biggest kid and like Cash, uh, Jordan's kid was out there. And I'm like, yeah. these kids are huge. And he's like, no, it's a team full of monsters. He's like, they're really good. And you guys had him. I mean, you do a phenomenal job with that team. And I had told some, some friends when they had talked about, cause Carter was talking about football everywhere we went. And I was like, you know, Anthony Sherman is the coach. And they're like, how's that? Cause you're used to seeing you as this intense fullback and hitting people. I was like, he's into yeah. it, but some of the other coaches in the league are a lot more into you're a lot more calm than a lot of the coaches in the league. Uh, yeah. are. It was kind of fun to watch. Oh, it's fun. I mean, I love, you know, I take that opportunity to kind of get under those other coaches skin a little bit and, you know, draw some fun things up for the kids and let them have fun and, and, and go after it. But yeah, I love when the coach on the other side is, is losing his mind and uh, you just keep moving the ball down the field. They're on defense, you know, shutting them down. Um, I love being able to, to get, you know, some of the kids later in games, you know, handoffs Mm -hmm. and, and seeing the abilities that they have just off of, you know, the couple of chances they get throughout the year. Yeah, that's what happened with Carter. And then he had earned some more time and got more comfortable with things, learned the 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 no auto plays and the plays that you guys had. Oh yeah. Uh, it was fun he to watch. Great team, job. Went, team went undefeated, won a championship for everybody watching. I don't know if there was a game that was within 20 points uh on the year. I mean it was pretty dominant <laughs> I, performance. I, I think our closest game was tw- 24 nothing. 
<laughs> that was the closest game of the year. So yeah. anyway, we'll get more into that here in a bit. But uh, before we get to that and a little bit about Chiefs, just can you let uh, people listening that, uh, you know, knew you as, you know, as Mitch Holtis would affectionately describe as the sausage and the nickname, they know you from all your time playing. But I mean, what are you up to now besides uh, coaching flag football? So I'm working with the Bourbon County Sheriff's Office uh, down in, in Fort Scott in Bourbon County, mm-hmm. Kansas. And then I'm also working task force officer with Homeland Security out of Kansas City. So I'm uh, trying to make a difference that way now and, and keep myself busy as much as I want and um, have fun. I love coaching the kids. I found uh, so much enjoyment in that the last couple of years is coaching the youth and, and, and watching them develop. Um, I actually kind of yeah. get more nervous about games uh, as a coach and than I did as a player because you can't control it as a coach. You just have to make sure you call the right play and, and then the kids execute it. Was doing the stuff you're doing with the sheriffs and the, with the homeland security. We talked briefly about it before, um, you know, during the season after practice and stuff. But it was it always, you know, your plan, like, or did that just kind of fall into your lap? No. So um, Adam LaRoche came down, in which he's <laughs> also working with me. Um, Adam came down and talked to a couple's Bible study. I want to say our f- second year in Kansas City, <laughs> and. Um, he came down and talked about what he was doing with the E3 foundation and working in the anti-trafficking world and how he realized he went over overseas with uh, IJM Academy and, uh, and realized how bad it was an issue overseas, but then didn't realize how bad it was here in America. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, obviously he retired from baseball and, and, uh, went on to do this stuff and get deputized by a sheriff. And then once COVID, that year of uh, off season of COVID, when we did, we weren't going in the building, it was all virtual. Um, I went down there a bunch and, and just kind of hung out where he had veterans in hunting and, and stuff like that. So I always just spend my time down there. And it was something after that Bible study, I, I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, I want to do this when I'm done. And I was going to get that close to that the last couple of years of my, my career. And I knew I was getting close to it. And I just said, Hey, I want to, I want to jump in with you on this when I'm done. And he's like, Hey, just let me know. And it's actually That's funny. Cool. Cause the, the last year I played, I was actually a sworn deputy sheriff in Bourbon County that whole year. <laughs> I, when you say that all I picture is the Shaquille O'Neal skits where like, he's trying to be like an undercover police officer. It's like, obviously that's Shaquille. Obviously you're not like, you know, seven foot tall, but I still don't feel like you could walk around Fort Scott and have people not be like it's Anthony, Sher- like Anthony Sherman running around. Yeah. No, the, it happens quite a bit, um, but the sheriff does a good job of uh, keeping us kind of reined in and, and you know, on more special, special, ob- uh, special jobs and special missions in the, in the area. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Adam Loach. I actually played against his younger brother, Andy. Uh, we played against each oh, other yeah. in high school uh, when I was at Blue Valley and went down and played against Fort Scott. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Chiefs. I know that you watch. I know you're still paying attention. You know most of the guys in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh a, how difficult is it for you to watch at this point? And I always like, I talked to Jordan about this at the end of the year flag football party. You know, do you still yeah. watch, do you watch it as a fan or do you watch it as a player? You're like, I know the formation. I know what they're about to do. Like what's going through your head when you're watching a game. So it's funny. Cause you know, both, obviously, you know, you got Carter, I've got Rex the same age and they're, they're really into football. And then my son, younger son, Bo is, is also really into football. Yeah. So I like, um, messing with them and calling the play uh before it happens kind of knowing you know either two minute and stuff like that i kind of know and then also um or eventually 
getting to the point and then telling them the actual play call of what they just ran. And they're like, dad, <laughs> how do you know that? Like, well, but they don't change that much of what, you know, what we're doing. Um, you know, they change different schemes, but the, the concept itself, the, the calls are probably very similar. I mean, it's only been two years. So uh, I like doing that with the kids and, and still, I still watch it. Sometimes I catch myself watching safety rotation and, linebacker mm-hmm. depth and offset and you know what dn standing we was just different stuff we used to do for blitz picked up with with eb and coach dealing um that i still kind of watch myself now watching the defense more than i do the offense when offense is on the field it, it's funny we talk about calling out plays it reminds me of the story completely off off the wall subject here different story but uh years ago when i was blogging before i ever worked for the chiefs and i was just writing content for it was arrowhead pride at the time uh where i started and i went out my we were living in san diego megan and i uh, my wife and i were out there and her boss um at the time she was working at san diego state uh for their learfield um, aztec sports properties and her boss at the time i was a guy named jeff belitho and jeff's wife had grown up in colorado uh with i think the wife of john pagano who's Chuck Pagano's brother. And at the time, John Pagano was the linebackers coach for the chargers. And Mm -hmm. so this was probably 2010, 2011. And we were out there. Long story short, Megan went back home for Thanksgiving. I had to work uh, where I was working and I was going to be by myself for Thanksgiving. He found out, invited me over. Well, John Pagano went over uh, to the same house I was at and I introduced him, told him I was a blogger. Like I write about football. And I was like, I should have done. It was one of those like eye opening moments. He's like, oh, you think you know football? He's being kind of funny about it. And he's like, let's go watch a game and uh, see what happens. I don't remember what two teams were playing. It was on Thanksgiving. uh, But I think the Chargers had played one of those teams in the year because he literally sat down and called out like nine plays in a row exactly what the team was going to do and where they're going to motion and what the reads were going to be in the whole deal and i just remember being like i don't know shit about this sport and i am writing about this that was the moment for me i hadn't been writing all that long but i was just like holy cow i'm not getting to that kind of com that kind of content because you really don't know how much you don't know until you start to learn what's actually going on uh, yeah out there. but yeah no it, you, you is do that a good job of being prepared though i remember always talking to you you were very professional but prepared along the way as we as we always had our conversations yeah i always knew my lane i should say and i knew what i was trying to do and i always tried to be biggest thing for me is i was always trying to be respectful of your guys's time i was like i'm not trying to to be short and just like answer my question and get the hell out of there yeah, but, but like, i'm the not trying one, to hang around you were a the lot. only one we wanted to talk to at the time too because <laughs> we yeah. you, you know you you had that chiefs on and you were like hey i'm i'm 100 with you guys in everything we do I just need content. Yeah. So if I come up and bother yeah. you, just answer my question, please. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not, you, t- you know how I was. I'm like, yeah, I'm not yes. talking to you, but I'll talk to you, you and you. That's yeah. it. Well, I always knew where to find you guys during media. You're always, there's like 17, but it, it started with like three people in Alan's office and it turned into like 13 <laughs> guys standing around his desk. And I just oh, popped yeah. in like, I'm looking for, yeah. Is that who's, who's behind Jordan over there? Who's hiding in the corner? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get anyway. free PJ. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but overall, just thoughts on the Chiefs uh, and what you've seen from them so far this season, uh, especially I know obviously you're on the offensive side, but uh, for Spags and what he's doing with defense, so many young guys, so many new guys um, on that side that are contributing to a team that's playing obviously really well top of the AFC right now. Um, how impressed are you on what they've been able to do with new faces um, and get everybody yeah. in line quickly enough to to have the success they're having? I mean, their their defense is, is fun to watch with 
with all the speed and, and Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton are, are two really good linebackers that fly around, like to hit, like contact, and don't have an issue with sticking their face in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a fullback, you like those linebackers, but at the same time, you're like, ooh, the heat, he's going <laughs> to bring it. He might take himself out of the play, but he's going to knock your head out. Um, so it, it's fun watching them play and, and, and being able to fly around, you know, get to the ball. Uh, and then offensively, I mean, it's just, it's just special. The, the line starting to play better. Um, Kelsey is just, I, I, I still sit in, I still remember sitting in a meeting sometimes with coach Melvin and, and Kelsey and we were watching and this was the springtime and, you know, we'll watch highlights from last year or just, you know, cut ups of the plays we're installing and, and, and you just, you know, click it on and, and Coach Melvin's like, yeah, you, you just do it like this, like Kelsey. And I went, hold on, hold on, hold on a sec, hold on. Coach Mel, none of us can do that right there. So coach us the way you want it done, and we know he's a different animal. Just let him do his own thing. If he's in the right spot where no one's going to say anything, we're all good. Just coach, is it okay? We're just going to do a 15-yard in. Okay, get to 15, break it in. Kelsey does a whirly bird, spin, jump, hop. He still ends up in the same spot, but he's got a different way to do it. And none of us can do that. Um, and then Pat, I mean, those two are, it, it's, it's so funny because again, like I, I remember, uh, I want to say it was Chicago. We played in Chicago. It was um, 2019, I think it was mm-hmm. when Pat put up his like five, six, yep. you know, whatever, whatever he did there as a signal. Um, and Kelsey, is supposed to run an out and he read the coverage so well. And Pat read it with him that hmm. Pat throws the ball inside before Kelsey even makes his breath break. He's not supposed to be there, but Pat and Kelsey are on the same wavelength and he knew hmm. Kelsey was going to break it in. He threw the ball without even Kelsey breaking first and Kelsey runs right into the ball and catches it for a big first down in the game. I think it was third down. They've done that time and time again, hmm. where, they both read the defense so well that they're doing stuff that's not drawn up. I mean, there's been multiple times that I know for a fact that he just, he has drawn up a play on the field. And then the following week coach Reed installs that play because Kelsey (laughs) made it look good. So good that he's like, I kind of like this. We should run this. We should run it this way this week and see what happens. Um, But no, I mean, it's just fun watching those guys being, you know, it's like, yeah, they can go down by 10, 12. It's like, yeah, they're not out of the game. So no. keep watching it because at any moment, the defense is going to make a big stop. They're going to get a big play. Kelsey's going to break one. Pat's going to run for a first down. Pacheco's been uh, – I love watching him run the ball. He runs a physical yeah. you know, one-cut-and-go type guy, which I know EB loves. So they're, <laughs> they're doing well right now. Hey folks, hate to interrupt, but I got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings and NFL Sundays are only getting better. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. I really love doing the same game parlays. The DraftKings app is the best app out there. 
you can't get a better experience just user-wise the deals everything it's perfect and with payouts bigger than ever DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL here's what you got to do got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the show. I got like nine questions based on the things that you just said. So I want to ask about uh, EB. And one of my favorite things in, in watching EB is just maturation as a coach. Because, you know, when I first got with the Chiefs, like he's running backs coach and then gets promoted, like him yelling and screaming, finish, finish. Like the things he used to yell at practice were so hilarious. And then when he got moved up to offensive coordinators, relaying the plays, you don't hear him as much. You can't yell. And then asking him, like, how difficult is it for you at practice to not yell and scream and do the things that you're so used to doing? Uh, and just watching what he's done. But I want to ask about Andy, Andy Reed first, because there's a, there's most of the side of Andy Reed's personality fans and nobody on the outside ever really gets to see. I barely got to saw it. I just got enough to know, to ask the question of like, what is he always this goofy? And they're like, no, that's just how he is. He's dry sense of humor. Hilarious dude. Uh, is there, is there a single story? That you can share that you'd feel comfortable sharing about Andy Reid showing the the personality side of things because and I'll give you a, I'll tell this story and I've sh- shared this before it's not a huge thing but it was the first moment that I saw this side of him I was walking with Ted uh, Ted Cruz the for people listening is the vice president of communications we were walking from the indoor and we were walking towards the locker room uh, at the facility there and we had just about got to the locker room uh, where like you have the doors left to go up to the stairs to go up to the practice field. And there's a little hallway coming down. Well, it, was, it was just Ted and I walking. And all of a sudden, Coach Reed jumps out from behind the wall and just yells boo to Ted as loud as he could. And like Ted jumps back and he just goes, gotcha. And then he just walked up the stairs. I had never seen him anything like that. It was like 2014. It was my first year. And I looked at Ted. I'm like, what the hell was that? And he goes, he's always like that. I go, I have never seen like I've never seen that side of him at all. So is there is there a story that you can share? of Andy Reid showing that personality a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we would, you know, we'd walk to the the tunnel every week and, and I'd be, you know, kind of, you know, front of the team and he would, you know, he'd be first and I'd be going to like the first players behind him. And he'd look back at me and goes, Hey, you want to race? <laughs> you want to race? And my, my first time he said it, I'm like, is he serious? <laughs> but then every, every game after that, he, he constantly would look back and go, Hey, let's race. I'm going to go first, but let's race. So he'd tap me and then we'd, he'd let us go. But, uh, and then, or, or the, the fact that, you know, we're in the, the tunnel and, and we're supposed to go on a certain time and you know how the, you know, NFL yep. was with timing and what, you know, who can go where and what, you know, you're, Hey, you got four minutes. Why are we standing in the tunnel now? We just, you know, we got there early. Yep. He'd be like, Hey, let's go. They're not going to stop us all. <laughs> so we'd all just, you know, run out. We'd love it. Our fish loved it. And we just yeah. have, he'd just have so much fun with just little stuff like that, that you're like, coach Reed does that. He's like, yeah, he, let's race. Let's, let's, you know, or just go where we want to go. We're, you know, we're the chiefs. He's not going to stop us all. So just good stuff <laughs> like that. Which you don't see every day. 
I remember, so Jeremy Slavin's the director of, I don't, his vice president of events. I don't know his title, uh, but Jeremy Slavin's in, in charge of the stadium. He's the one at Arrowhead who starts the other team. He's the one with the headset uh, that works on the business side that you'll see there. He's like the younger, good looking dude. He's got the headset and he's always like telling the other team. He puts yeah. his hand up. He's like, no, stop. And like, I'm always standing in the tunnel because he was my favorite thing um, when I was working for the team on game day. I didn't have anything to do. I'd race to the, to the elevator to get up there by kickoff, but I'd always stay in the tunnel when you guys would come out. And I always just love that at that viewpoint of watching you guys run out the tunnel, watching the team run out. But I'd always laugh because Jeremy and like Jeremy's like six one, probably like 175, 180 pounds. And he's wearing a suit and he's telling these guys. And that's when you're like most fired up, especially teams coming to play at Arrowhead. You got the fans above them, like yelling oh, yeah. down at them. And he's sitting there saying, like, stop. And some of the dudes would just run right past him. Some of the coaches were kind of nice. Uh, it's funny to hear that Coach Reed is the one who's like, let's just go. Cause I hear it from uh, Slavin's point of view, or I'd talk to him about it all the time but you know one of the other things talking about coach reed coming out of the tunnel that i will never forget i don't know if you guys saw this or heard this but when you guys played uh when we were in london at wembley and coach reed walked out and they set off the fireworks before him and schaefer had cleared the tunnel they sent the fireworks off and he was like five or ten feet away from those things and i remember look at because the at wembley like the outdoor it was like an outdoor press box we were like we were sitting with the fans we just had a little desk and I don't remember who I was sitting next to. It was probably like Herbie. Yeah. I looked and I was like, they're never going to have fireworks at Wembley again because coach, like you saw his reaction and Brian Schaefer, like you saw his reaction. I was like, they're never yeah. going to have fireworks again. Andy Reid will make sure of that. No, uh, coach. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> coach Reed's got that kind of pull. <laughs> yeah, sure it's, they it's don't done. Again. It's done. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah. uh, Let's turn a little bit to uh, to the flag football stuff because I know uh, last year it was flag football. It's something that uh, I know you spend time doing. I saw your your play call sheet. Uh, I know you're <laughs> sitting around uh, coming up with plays. But um, oh, yeah. as Rex and Bo get older um, and as they get into like tackle football, uh, what did you see and what are you most looking forward to as they get older and you continue coaching uh, this age group of kids as as your son gets older? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, I think so. When I started tackle was seven years old and that's just i i don't i don't remember flag football being as big as it is now throughout the country um when i grew up and i don't know if it's the same for you i don't remember having those options of having you know flag but i think the you know playing flag and in kansas you can't play tackle until your third grade Mm -hmm. um through multiple you know leagues throughout kansas city and uh, I think it's good because you get the fundamentals of football, you understand the game and how things work and, and that kind of thing. But then you get to this point, I think you kind of noticed it towards probably end our little one-on-one drill we were doing started turning into a tackle <laughs> drill. Yeah. I think the kids were just, they were just starting to get more and more aggressive to the flag that it just turned into flag, you know, tackle. Yeah. And so I think, you know, this spring will be, obviously for sure be our last year of of flag just because it kind of has to be and then what i want to do is kind of start team freedom uh football organization Hmm. and start it up uh in overland park and 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 do a independent organization where you kind of do travel travel ball but you can also join a league if you want but you can have that rep that team freedom red white and blue um, we, I mean, you can, we have pretty sweet jerseys as uh, the flag football team and the kids love it. And, you know, they have the sweatshirts and everything, but there's a couple mm-hmm. other divisions of kids 
that kind of want to do the same thing and break off from the divisions that we're in now and, and do yeah. our own, our own thing and kind of, you know, join some tournaments and, and just, and just have some fun. And cause there, there's certain groups of kids that, you know, can't carry the ball. And, yeah. and it's kind of, you know, and put it this way, Carter's a big kid, but like, I think mm-hmm. you should still be able to, at this age, like if we want to give him a handoff, he should still be able to get a handoff. Like, yeah. let, I mean, he's going to end up being a lineman. Yes, for sure. That's fine. Mm. But he's still eight years, eight, nine years old. Like, I mean, I still remember, you know, Jeff Allen, Mike DeVito, they remember those times, in, you know, when they were younger getting the ball. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to get it in college. But at the same time, like, let these kids have some fun when football isn't just a, you know, you're only a lineman. Like, you're only going to be able to touch, you know, block people. Like, still, maybe uh, – Coach Reed does it. I mean, in, in high school and everything, mm-hmm. they can uh, – uh, extra linemen. I mean, I still remember Fisher catching a touchdown in Monday Night Football. <laughs> I mean, it's – like yeah. these guys get the ball. Like let us have some fun with the kids and let them, you know, do some different things. So we're going to break off from, you know, age-restricted ball-carrying rules and, and and have some fun with, with the group of kids that we have and and uh, see, see what I can draw up from Coach Reed. Yeah, those those weight limits. When I didn't realize that until you had told me that that there's those weight limits on who can carry the football. And I remember asking you, like, you're not going to have anybody who's able to carry the football. Except no, I mean, maybe Kyle. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's like, probably too light, but he's the fastest kid in the city. So well, I mean, it, yeah, so Kyle can carry it, but then at the same time, I can have Carter, Rex, or Cash, you know, blitz the a gap, and they're yeah. forty pounds, forty pounds heavier than that kid, and he can they can take the kid out. Like, I get the idea of like if it was player safety, okay, that's fine. But it's not because I can still have him blitz the A-gap playing linebacker and then a, a kid that is 40 pounds less being able to carry the ball, that you deliver more of a blow on defense than you do on offense when you're carrying him. Yeah. I don't know how that's safe in any way, and I don't really care to figure it out. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing, and, and uh, yeah. I've got a good group of coaches that are all on board to do it. That's the one thing I was going to bring up next is, you know, obviously you're recognizable. Uh, Jordan's pretty recognizable just because of his size. And they see you like he probably played next to and he probably yeah. played with the Chiefs too and Jordan Devi. Um, but the other coaches, um, Tyler and Matt and all and Nick, those guys, like they do such a good job with the kids. And obviously with you guys and your background, you understand the game. Uh, you're not living vicariously through what's happening out on the field. Uh, you see youth sports all over the place. Um, yeah. But you know, what's kind of like your, um, I would say your, your thesis or your, you know, overall motto for teaching these kids, but you know, what's your, your coaching styles, the kids are going to get older. And, and if people are listening to this show and they've got friends, uh, you know, with kids or the kids themselves that they want to get into football, um, you know, what's kind of the pitch as far as team freedom and what it's going to be. I personally can talk about it. And it's the reason I want to talk about this with you, but, um, you know, you guys understand the game and as you get into, you know, tackle football there's the safety aspects of things and the way that you guys coach it um yeah what's kind of your overall message there about how you're going to go about that so my my belief is is uh, you know the first couple of years of tackle football and and you know when every kid is putting on the pads for the first time there's going to probably be a lot of belly bumping you know very you know <laughs> not that kids don't know how to block really you know 100 percent yet they're still trying to figure out the, you know, the big helmet, the shoulder pads, the knee pads, the paint, like just the whole get up. 
some of the kids aren't going to fit into their gear. It's going to be too big. Some kids are going to be, it's going to be, you know, whatever it is, it's, that is the best time to start learning football for maybe a smaller kid compared to coming in three years later when these kids have developed the speed, the technique, the, the angles, all of that that comes with tackle football mm-hmm. and Hey, then going, Hey, here you go. Here's your first time. And then at the same time, like I would play football, you know, my last year, I was very rarely sore after games. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in there squatting on Mondays after games <laughs> because my body was so adapted to learning how to take a hit, learning how to block you know, hand placement, all of that, and not coming out of, you know, when you see injuries is when guys are not, they, they land awkwardly or they don't yeah. know how to, you know, brace that impact or, you know, protect themselves with, a, you know, a slight dip of their shoulder, protect them off their legs or anything like that. You learn all that as you get in football. Like you're going to get hit one and be like, okay, that probably wasn't the way I should do it. And mm-hmm. then we can coach, as coaches and, 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 you know, ex players, we can coach that in, in the fundamentals of how we go about things. And, you know, I think the dummy work is huge and not having kids like one-on-one with kids, like a coach that can, you know, is, is athletic enough to, you know, to, to or understands like how it should feel to hit that bag and show, show the kid mm-hmm. how to hit it. Like, Hey, this is how you do it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. go through that line and just take that time to really feed into the, the small little things of football. And for me, as a coach, I try to keep things super simple. Mm-hmm. You know, the playbook might be a lot, but it's really not. It's it's very simple on how I, des- you know, how I went about labeling the kids in the positions and trying to keep them in their normal position and kind of, you know, keeping the kids where they're comfortable and familiar but at the same time, leaving it super simple where the kids can play fast. When you start yeah. overcomplicating things, that's when kids play slower, they're confused, they're thinking as they're playing. But if you keep it fast and keep it short, the kids will start to you know, really produce on the field with their abilities because they're not thinking about all the 10 different things they have to do before the ball snapped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I think the way that, I mean, I can speak directly to this, we talked about with Carter, but, you know, his first practice uh, compared to maybe like his sixth or seventh practice, just because his first one, it was just physically figuring out what to do. uh, First time Mm -hmm. playing football at any level. And you guys brought him along. You taught him from a very basic level what to do. And by the end of it, he's learning the plays. He knows what's to do and like the no huddle stuff. And uh, and that wasn't anything with a lot of what we were doing at home, which playing catch and doing that was directly the way that you guys were communicating, the way that you guys were bringing along and that you guys communicated with him in a way that he understood it uh, for a seven-year-old, which was probably more impressive to me than anything else, uh, knowing how obviously he played football at the highest level in the world. So did Jordan. Uh, and for you guys to be able to coach, players at that age in a very simple way for them to get it uh, yeah. was, was beautiful to watch. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know. I mean, for, I know there's some coaches that would, that were in the division that we were in, you know, twice a week for two hours of practice. And I'm, I'm once a week, an hour. Now, obviously tackle, they'll have to be more because yeah. there's way more to do than flag, but it's like, I don't, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you need to run a corner and you need to run a fly. I'm like, I'll draw up you run this way, you run like it's eight, eight years old. Like they're not, I don't need to tell them yet. Like, Hey, this is a, I mean, I'll explain. And I would, we would do that towards the end of the year, but at the same time, I'm going to be like, Hey, run this route here. And then you run behind him. And then quarterback read off those two kids. Like I know some guys were like, Hey, get in a bunch. And I'm like, this is your eight, they're eight years old. They're not, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're making it less (laughs) enjoyable by putting so much like emphasis on like that stuff right now, it will come. Like I was just outside playing with Rex and we're working on some routes and he's sitting there going, okay. And then Bo's out there trying to play defense. And it's just a constant, constant battle with those two on, you know, if I throw a ball that Bo, it's a little too far for Bo to catch. It's my fault that Rex beat him. So <laughs> that's, I, I get yeah. plenty of criticism from the, the kids at home. Well, I know they didn't give out an MVP award, but I'm pretty sure Rex would have won the MVP award for our league <laughs> with everything that he did. You won't talk about him like that, but I will hear Rex is uh is for seven years old right now is an amazing player. He got to the point where championship game, you had the other team saying, guard that kid, guard Rex, like put two guys on him or whatever they were doing. Uh, but anybody who's listening, uh, Sherm, if they want to get involved, find out more information about what you're doing and building up the football program, how can they find more information? Yeah. How can they reach out to you? So there'll be there. Obviously team, team freedom has a, uh, a Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, team freedom. I think, it's, I think it's just team freedom. I think it's nine, nine one, one is it nine one three nine one three uh, on Twitter. And then there'll be a Facebook and website coming up shortly. I'm working with a couple of guys right now to get all that stuff squared away. So we're, we're ready for, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to try to do a, um, uh, early summer, like maybe June, May, June time, do a, a tryout for the kids just to, you know, to see the turnout and see how many kids we actually have interest that have interest in playing, um, you know, tackle football at this, this level. Cool. Well, we'll have you on again and promote more of it then, man, but always appreciate talking to you. We'll stay in touch and I'll give you updates and send you some videos on how Carter's doing. Cause like I said, as soon as we get off this, he's going to go outside since the weather's pretty nice today here in Kansas city. It it warmed up a little bit here. 
you get Colquitt on here and, and get Colquitt over there and help teach him how to punt. I know I, this was a great story. We're leaving the football field. We just win. And, and Carter runs out, coach, coach. I'm like, what's up, buddy? He goes, are we doing, are you going to coach me and tackle? I said, if you want to play tackle, but I'd love to. He goes, okay, well, I'm a pretty good punter. <laughs> I'd like to be the punter. And I'm like, well, let me see it. Well, he gets up there and just boots this thing. He's like, what is that good? I said, that was probably the best eight-year-old punter I've ever seen. So, yes, you could be my punter <laughs> next year. So, he uh, he's a good kid. I mean, he, he is uh, he's going to have a, a bright f- future with uh, with football. And I remember seeing you in the gym uh, during mm-hmm. basketball. Was it two years ago? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what's going on, brother? I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm like, is this – you're like, yeah, that's my son. And I'm like, yeah, he needs to – you tell him that he's going to play some football. He, Your first uh, reaction is like, oh, yeah, we got a team. Like, he needs to be on our yeah, team. He needs yeah, to he's a foot taller than everybody. Sign him up on my <laughs> team. Uh, but, no, he's a good kid. He he, he is. Uh, he was by far the most improved from no. from day one to, you know, me being like, no, Carter, Carter you're in the middle, Carter. You you know what to do. And he had multiple times where they, they try to cut that ball in and he's sitting there like this. <laughs> they're like yep i'm not going there see you. and they try to bounce around and we pull the flag and 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 i tried to always make sure he realized like hey you didn't get the flag but the reason yeah. he got the flag is because of what you did so like having that reinforcement with coaching all the coaches do a great job of that that i have and yeah. they just just because you didn't pull the flag or you didn't make that play you're still valuable on what you did if you keep that corner that corner keeps that guy inside and six guys from the inside pull his flag. Well, because they pulled his flag because you turned him in. So yeah, always trying to re- reinforce that stuff is, is huge for us. Yeah. And like I said, the most beautiful part of it for me, was knowing that you guys, the team had played together for, you know, a few seasons uh, before he got there and they were so far along that that first practice, it was just like, Oh man, how's he going to react to, you know, knowing that everybody else knows what's going on. And he was one of two new kids who really didn't know what was going on. And he'd never been in that position before. So I remember talking to my, with Megan and just being like, let's see how he reacts to this. And he was immediately yeah. like, dad, we need to get flags. I'm going to get a mouth. I want my cool mouth guard. I want to get this. I want to get a new football and then like oh, practice every day for a week. And so the next practice, when I got yeah. out there, I was like, oh man, I hope he's so much better at this drill because my knees are sore. Like my body's hurting from he, doing he, all this he, practicing. I mean, and I'm like, all the coaches, like I said, I told you he, he's been practicing. <laughs> he yeah. came around he, he 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 started he was dominant you know towards the end yeah. of the year and what what we had him do well i appreciate what you guys not just you and jordan but all the coaches uh were so good to him and uh hopefully uh more kids uh get involved in the program i couldn't speak more highly of it and carter's experience yeah. and uh going undefeated and winning a championship and getting those medals uh is it was a fun uh icing on the cake but yeah. fell in love with the game man and uh again Appreciate you and appreciate everybody out there for listening to this special episode of Outside the Trenches. We know there's a lot of great places you can get your Chiefs content. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network, spending part of your day with us, whether it's on YouTube or whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you. We'll have more content uh, throughout Thanksgiving week and getting you ready for the game on Sunday afternoon uh, between the Chiefs and the Rams. But uh, until then, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. We appreciate you all for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.